Good morning. My name is Jenna Robinson, and I'm the Director of Guest Connections here at Faith Westwood. We're so glad you're joining us here today, and if you happen to be watching by Facebook, please remember to comment below so that we can interact with each other. Today's message is by Pastor Steve, and we'll also get to hear from Miss Leah, our Children's Ministry Director. Let's prepare our hearts for worship today as we listen to Liz and Bucky.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. And I'm here with my friends, Pete and Repeat. And we wanted to tell you about one of their favorite sayings. They came up with it a couple years ago at the fireworks stand. And it is, the things are the same, but totally different. And what a better way to explain the same, but totally different than to talk about Pete and Repeat. Let's start with the same. They both have two eyes, two ears, a nose, a mouth. They're both really funny guys. They both have a huge heart for you kids and for VBS and they love to do VBS. They also both love God so much and God loves them the same because they're both his children. So they are the same in a lot of ways, but they're also totally different. God made us all the same in his image, but the world would have been a really boring place if he would have made us all to look alike and talk alike and like all of the same things, right? That would have been really boring. So he made us special and unique, each one of us. So what's totally different about Pete and Repeat? Pete has dark brown eyes. Repeat has hazel eyes. Pete is a little bit taller than Repeat. Repeat doesn't like spaghetti or noodles at all. Pete loves all of those things. Pete has dark brown hair. Repeat has light hair. Pete knows how to swim. Repeat, not so much. Repeat can ride a hoverboard really good. Pete, not so much. Pete has dark brown skin. Repeat has white skin, or he calls it pasty white sometimes. But none of those differences make, uh, make any difference to God. God loves them the same no matter what, because that's the way he created them. And he loves those differences. He loves that about us, that we're each unique and special. And it doesn't matter to him what color our eyes or our hair or our skin is either. He loves us all the same. And he wants us to see other people the way he sees us. Because if we see all those special differences and we love them, we are loving other people the way God loves us. He wants us to see the differences and love other people the way he does. And so this week, I want you to put on your God goggles, see the differences in other people, celebrate those differences, and show love the way God loves you. All right, I will see you again next time. I love you and I miss you all. And until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. Amen. Bye. Our scripture today is from... Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 1 through 7. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiachin and the queen mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. The skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and 
Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried in you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too may prosper. Our second scripture for today comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through 7. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Have you ever stood to sing God Bless America at a ball game? I hope we all have. And how does the song say that we want God to bless America? Well, remember the part that says, through the night with the light from above. We're asking God to guide us through these hairy, scary times. And with the 20, 244th birthday of our nation behind us, uh, today we're going to focus on praying for our nation. Uh, here's another song you know. I learned it in grade school, My Country Tis of Thee, the song America. And you know there's a prayer in it as well. One part I like is it says, God, mend thine every flaw. Isn't that good? God, mend thine every flaw. All nations like ours is flawed, and we ask God to mend those flaws. Right now in this country, you know, I believe that it needs our prayers. We have a pandemic and protests. We have racial unrest and recession. And who knows what school's going to be like in the fall. And at Faith Westwood, we know... We're all over the map politically. We don't all vote the same way. And maybe even more important, we don't root for the same teams either. And yet, we come together to pray. The scriptures that we just heard Itzy read were examples of calling people to prayer. Uh, the first comes from the 6th century B.C. The prophet Jeremiah lives in Jerusalem, and he writes a letter to those who have already been exiled to Babylon. Jeremiah gives them a word from the Lord that they are shocked to hear. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And I can just imagine these people's reaction. How can we pray for this nation that has just destroyed our homes and killed our family members and marched us in chains to a strange land? But the Lord says that by praying for Babylon's peace and prosperity, 
they will also experience peace and prosperity. And peace and prosperity, we know, begins with justice. It means that they're not going to be held back by unfair laws or racial biases. The other passage that comes from uh, one of the New Testament letters in the first century, uh, Jesus' people then are a very small minority in the Roman Empire. Christianity is not an approved religion, and that makes them vulnerable. And so they pray for the opportunity to live as Jesus wants them to live. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. One evening last month, I led a Facebook Live session of reflection and prayer, and I know a lot of you tuned in. And one of the things that we uh, prayed was that God would use these horrible video deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd to awaken the conscience of our nation. And I said that one of the, the best steps that each one of us can take is to listen, especially for those of us who are white, to listen to our friends of color. Monday evening, I sat down with three people from our church three black brown guys that we know well, I wanted to listen to their stories. Um, so the following video is about 15 minutes long. Let's watch. Today I am talking with three people who are very important to our church at Faith Westwood. And uh, first we have Jeff Sparrick. Uh, Jeff's been a part of this church, uh, Faith Westwood, for about 15 years. Uh, he's been a leader in student ministry, and uh, before you, or for a while, you were a part of our church council. Uh, Brian Denoso has been a part of Faith Westwood about seven years, and uh, he is a half of the dynamic duo Pete and Repeat, who are our superhero hosts for children's ministry. And then to my right, uh, we have Kenny Johnson, who is soon to begin his senior year in high school. And uh, I looked it up, Kenny. I think you've been coming to this church about since you were in kindergarten. Yeah, I went to preschool at Faith Westwood. Okay. And Jeff and Brian, I know that you are both uh, military veterans. Uh, Jeff mm -hmm. in the Air Force, Brian in the Navy. And uh, so uh, I want to thank you. And, and today we want to honor your sacrifice and service to our country on this Independence Day weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to say to all of those who are watching that this discussion uh, may be on a topic that I hope that you're not going to tune out or tune off. I hope that you'll keep listening uh, because this is not about politics. It's not about um, supporting some organization. Uh, we have no axe to grind. Uh, we come together as brothers in Christ. And that's the bond that holds us together. And so today, what we're going to do is I want to hear your unique stories, um, th uh, things that have happened in your life that, for me as a white person, I've never encountered. Okay? So, Jeff, I want to start with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us about uh, when you have either been ignored or um, turned away 
perhaps because of the color of your skin? Okay, so yesterday I made a, an attempt. Well, I went, I went to a department store, and I was about to purchase my items. I walked to the cash register, and there was about five people deep, and people were just gathering and made that line longer. So I went to the jewelry counter to try to check out there, and she told me to go stand in the line. And as soon as I turned away from her and walked maybe like five seconds away, she opened up the jewelry counter for people to cash out. But she wouldn't do it for you. And she did not do it for me. Yeah. So um, I'm used to that type of behavior, so I just went and got in the line and waited my turn. Yeah. So... Any other any other incident you want to share? One time, um, I was visiting colleges for basketball scholarships, and I went down to Delaware, and they had this sign saying Jeff Sparrock, but they spelled my name wrong. So I told them I was Jeff Sparrock, and they did not believe me. Oh, they thought that I was Caucasian, and they had to call my school, my uh, my coach, Doctor. Um, Kern to say I'm Jeff Spirock. Thanks for sharing that. That's uh, experiences not everybody has. No, no. And and Brian, have you ever uh, been in a situation where there was danger to you because the color of your skin? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, when uh, growing up, you know, in Southern California, uh, it wasn't uncommon that you know we'd when I moved up into the mountains, we'd, we'd go and gather and just have a good time. And uh, there was a, there was a one circumstance that I can remember that uh, there was a large group of people that were gathering, we were having a party, and uh, some altercations kind of started to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was on one end uh, with I don't know probably ten or twelve of my white friends, and a gun got pulled, and it got pulled and pointed at me. Um, it was about from oh, me to you away, so it was very deliberate. Um, it was not pointed at anybody else. Um, it was very much pointed at me. Um, I had another circumstance. I was with my cousin, um, again, in Southern California, and we went to, walked over to a, a girl's house that he knew, and we were sitting in the driveway talking to her, and a lowrider comes pulling up full of gangbangers, and they come out with an AK-47 pointed at me. Um, asking me, you know, and what am I doing there? You know, when I need to get the heck out of here and and of course I did, but yeah, I mean it was it wasn't pointed at my cousin who he was white. Um it was pointed at me. Yeah. So yeah, it's it was a real thing. Yeah. Kenny, mm-hmm. I know you got your uh driver's license in the last year. When was that? Oh, um trying to think it was probably six months or so after i turned 16 okay so what were you thinking about about getting your driver's license was that something you were looking forward to or what it's kind of weird so like being out at the in the country all the time at my cabin i was driving trucks and all that since probably as 10 i was always excited to start driving but then once it got closer i started getting more and more nervous because you see in like tv hear about on the news like just getting pulled over more often and can more likely to more likely to get searched and i just became more and more nervous about driving to where it was causing a lot of anxiety and i had to 
I've talked about it with my mom a bunch of times to try to like ease my mind on it. There was some real fear there. Yeah. And then like it still kind of is, but not nearly as bad as before. You know, one of the things that you three guys have in common, besides being uh, people of color, is that you're big. <laughs> so I'm curious, how does that pl- how does that play into your story? Well, you know what? Um, I think it plays into my my advantage because I, I think um, if someone was going to mouth off at me and try to engage me in maybe something physical, they'll think twice about it. And I think my voice kind of wars them off as well and a lot of times when you um like what kenny was saying um sometimes if you sound articulate and you're big they kind of back up on you because you're not the same black that they're seeing on tv you're not that same black that they're seeing standing in front of the liquor store but if you have just a little bit of dialogue going on they kind of back off because no this is not the same guy that's standing on the corner I guess I've seen um, where being a, a, a bigger guy um, has a, the snap judgment actually I think works against you a little bit. Um, I, I think that being a big guy, um, you come across as intimidating, and then being a person of color is intimidating. Now you combine the two, and people are they will cross the street to not walk next to you. And so I, I think that that is. For me, that's been my experience with being, I'm going to call it a broad-shouldered gentleman. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and like I have uh, lots of pe- like lots of athletes and larger people in my family, so I don't think anything of it. But then me compared to lots of other people, I'm called intimidating a lot because I'm person of color and then just how big I am and then dreads too kind of goes against it and in some cases it's i see it as a benefit because what you hear a lot is people will say you match the description but with how different i like how much i stand out i don't match that description as easily but at the same time i feel like i'm seen more as a threat and such didn't you get in trouble at school one time because you're sort of pegged as being uh, intimidating yeah back in middle school I was sitting next to someone and they like in class they'll kick my chair and all that and like they were just bo- like bothering us at lunch so to get annoy them to go away I was like chewing loudly in their ear and this is back when the Ferguson riots were going on and they ended up like they never actually said it but they were typing racial slurs and like sliding their phone over in front of me and we went and told the teacher in the cafeteria, and then we were called in the principal's office, and we got the same punishment because I was told that I was being intimidating, and then my mom kind of went off on the principal. She's like, is he intimidating because of his skin color or his size? Because both of those I can't control. What has your skin color cost you in terms of friendships? Remember, you talked about uh, you had a roommate in the Air Force, right? Yes. Uh, you want to share anything about that story? I thought that he was a good roommate 
of mine. We we got along fine. We used to go to the mall all the time. And so a friend of mine, she bought a CD. All I wanted was one. This is when cassettes were really big. All I wanted to subtract one song off her CD. And he comes into the room and says, what are you doing playing that and music? And I went berserk. I actually, I mean, the dorm chief, everybody down the hall came and was trying to get this guy, me from off the sky. And everybody kept on saying, Jeffrey, we thought you was going to kill him. And I only did it because I thought he was my friend. And to use that word, um, I it just, I just, I just lost it. The flip side of that is, after the dorm chief separated us, I, I got my own room out of that. But uh, we both apologized to one another, and we started hanging out again. So, um, I just that word just triggered triggered me for somebody that I felt was a close friend of mine, because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that word towards him. So, so I guess for me, I've, I don't think I've ever lost a friend because of the color of my skin. Um, I think with what's going on now, with the uh, all over social media, we're seeing, you know, that I have plenty of white friends and plenty of people of color. And a, a lot of my, not a lot, I can't say a lot, a few of my white friends are posting stuff, you know, saying that we're people of color blowing stuff out of proportion and, and things of like that. So this is probably the closest um, I have come to losing friends because of the color of my skin, just because of uh, of stuff like that. And it's, it, but before all this, it was never, once they become your friend, I, I feel that they no longer see you as different. I think it's the snap judgment in the initial conversation. But when, once you get past that, I think you're, you're okay. But what people post on social media is, is bound to put a strain on a, on a friendship, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I agree with Brian. I never like lost a friend per se because of the color of my skin. I, have just kind of been seen different sometimes or I've heard a lot. Well, not a lot, but like I know some of my friends think that I am like their black friend, like kind of. So when they say, Hey, I, I have black friends. Yeah. Like you. Right. Cause that they use that to dismiss any like microaggressions or biases. If they are called out, if they'll be like, I have a black friend or a friend like any person of color there's a lot of friends that i've just gained a lot more respect recently for with them speaking out against racial like injustices but then there's some people who i thought were i was really good friends with where some of the things they like post or say i am like kind of shows more of their character and i've distanced myself from them Cause I've been asked like, what do you think about everything going on? And I knew exactly like when they asked, I knew they wanted to hear about one specific part. And once they heard what they wanted to hear out of what I had to say, they just completely zoned out the rest of it and didn't like stop listening. You can watch the entire 42 minute video today. 
It'll be on our Facebook page and on our Faith at Home page on our website. And a churchwide email is going out uh, that'll also have a link so you can watch it. I believe that it'll be worth your time. During the pandemic, I've uh, begun a new hobby, bird watching. Uh, I've always been interested in birds, and then in early May, Trish and I were in Walnut Grove Park, and I noticed a kind of woodpecker that I wasn't familiar with. So I downloaded the Audubon app, and I was able to identify it. It was a red-bellied woodpecker. And since then, I've identified several more species. And now I've set up a couple of bird feeders near our deck, and, and for an anniversary gift, Trish said she wanted me to pick out some binoculars. So I sought the advice of a good friend who's an expert birder, and I, I got a pair. Uh, over the last couple months, though, something amazing has happened. I noticed so many more birds now. You know, the other day I was out for a walk and I noticed a pair of goldfinches stopping to drink at the curb. And, and a few minutes later, I noticed a, a cardinal that was unusually close. Nearly every day, I'm seeing birds that were probably always there. But now I'm noticing them. I'm seeing them because I'm prepared to see them. You know, that's human nature. We see what we're prepared to see. We see what we are prepared to see, and what we're not prepared to see often goes unnoticed. If I didn't know Jeff Spark, and I had been standing there when he was turned away from the jewelry counter and then others were invited up, would I have even noticed? Maybe not. But if something like that happens this week, I'll be better prepared. I'd like to see myself stepping over to the clerk at the jewelry counter and quietly saying, you just turned this gentleman away when he asked to check out, and then five seconds later, you asked to check out other customers. I'd love to see you call him over and put him first in line so I don't feel compelled to speak to your manager about this. If I didn't know Brian, and I'd been walking down the sidewalk when someone obviously crossed the, the street to avoid him. Would I have even noticed? Maybe not. But if something like that happens this week, I'll be better prepared. I'd like to see myself walking up to this broad-shouldered brown guy and saying, I'm so sorry they did that. I'm so sorry they treated you that way today. If I was one of Kenny's school friends, would I have noticed when a classmate comes up and asks him a question and then, and then zones out on the parts that don't fit his views? I don't know. Maybe not. But if something like that were to happen this week, I might be better prepared. I'd like to see myself asking Kenny to tell me more of his story and let him know that I'm listening. God is preparing us to see things we would have never noticed before. And some of those things we will find disturbing. 155 years ago this week, a Methodist couple in England founded a new mission, which eventually became known as the Salvation Army. Their names were Catherine and William Booth. Catherine once said, to better the future, we must disturb the present.
Wow, it's kind of profound, isn't it? To better the future, we must disturb the present. And she and William did a lot of that. They campaigned for better working conditions for laborers. They exposed the hidden sex industry and protested against it in Parliament. They disturbed the present and left a better future behind them. I think that's what Jesus' people do. And to do that, we always begin with prayer. And so now, to close the message, I invite you to, to pray aloud with me. Uh, you'll see that the, wor the words appear on the screen, uh, one sentence after the next. Let's pray. God, bless America, and make the cause of racial justice the cause of all people. God, bless America, and give us clarity to stand up for those treated unfairly. God, bless America, and give us courage to dismantle oppressive systems. God, bless America, and convince us that no color is superior or inferior. God, bless America, and empower us to live in godliness and holiness. God, bless America, and turn many hearts to your Son, Jesus. God, bless America with prosperity and peace and justice for all. Amen. By receiving communion, we are entering into a holy mystery. And I want you to know that if you are not a member at Faith Westwood, you can still receive communion through this video starting today, uh, July 5th through the 11th. And if you don't have your communion elements ready, I encourage you to pause this video and then uh, go and prepare them and bring them back and resume, resume the video. Um, by receiving communion, we believe that, that Christ is giving himself to us in this moment, that he is uniquely present in this sacrament. So I want you to join with me as we begin with the prayer of confession. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we thank you that you have made us in your own image. And yet we have often traded you for lesser things. We have taken your gifts and we have made them idols. And they have made us less than we are. And so Lord, we pray that you will forgive us and restore us. Bring us back into the glory for which you created us. And by your Holy Spirit, renew us and so that we are once again made more fully into your image. We pray in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Before Jesus went to the cross, he had one last meal with his disciples. It was important to him to gather with them and to say these words. He took the bread and he gave thanks to God. And he broke the bread and he gave it to them and said, This is my body. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them and said, This is my blood. It is poured out for you, 
for many for the forgiveness of sins. And every time you drink of it, remember me. Holy Father, we ask that you will pour out your gifts of bread, pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine, and let them be for us the very presence of Christ, his body and blood. And Lord, we receive them with joy and thanksgiving, and we pray that we will be strengthened by receiving this sacrament to live holy and godly lives. Now I invite you to join with me the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ. The blood of Christ. Chains are gone.
Thank you for joining us for worship today. We're so glad you did, and we hope that you're walking away from this feeling refreshed and encouraged. If you enjoyed this message today, feel free to share it with someone else. Just go to faithwestwood.com backslash service. This is also the place where you can fill out your connection card, a prayer request, donate to our 2020 ministry fund, or to our special mission focus this week, Helping Hands. We hope that you feel free to come back and join us again next week. And until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you always.